When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 280. Ceremony brings the sacred into ordinary life. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Drive? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom, inspiring stories and action steps that will help you transform your life. So if you are new to our show, then I want to give you a warm, warm welcome. Now, before we actually begin today's episode, I've got a quick message for you. If you're interested in learning about the chakras and identifying the dormant hidden blocks that are holding you back from your desired life, then you must attend the live training that I'm hosting this Thursday online. I'm actually going to show you how small energy blocks in your body can actually lead to illness and disease and what you can do about it immediately. I'm going to discuss how you can use sound to heal your chakras. And for some reason, this particular technique isn't that popular yet. Also, you'll discover five really easy and simple ways to start balancing your chakras immediately right after the session ends. And by the end of our time together, you will discover how to balance your throat chakra, your solar plexus chakra and your heart chakra. So you literally have nothing to lose by attending the session. To join me, visit my7chakras.com forward slash live training. That's my7chakras.com forward slash live training. Once again, the link you need is my7 is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash live training. I'll see you in the training room. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Tina Kinney. Clark. Satina, are you ready to inspire? I'm ready every moment of every day to inspire. (laughs) Great. Awesome. So Tina Clark is an energy healer and shaman who specializes in unraveling the many layers of healing for her clients. Trained in four energy healing modalities and shamanism, she works with both people and spirit to unravel and clear energy blockages in order to achieve one's best self. She believes that energy healing is not only benefits people and animals, but also the land and mother earth itself. So today is going to be a special, special, very different episode compared to what you must have uh, heard before. And before beginning today's session, let me tell you why I'm super excited about the topics that we are going to dive into today. Here's why. Uh, We're going to talk about how spaces can hold energy. We're going to talk about spirits and entities. We're going to talk about the effect that stagnant or stuck energies have on a home or a property. And the most important thing that you're going to discover today is what you can do uh, at your home to improve the energetics and the quality of your home, as well as the mood uh, of the people in your home. So it's going to be really exciting, very fascinating And if you're excited, let me know in the chat box below. But with that, let's get started. So Tina, to begin today's episode, what is one inspirational quote that you'd like to share with Action Tribe and how does it impact your day-to-day life? Okay, I want to share a quote by Sandra Ingerman. She's a shaman that's written many books, Mm -hmm. has been training people all over the world since the 1980s. And the quote is, ceremony brings the sacred into ordinary life. And why I love this quote is because we can create a sacred moment at any time. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a special person. You don't need to be a shaman. 
You don't need to be a priest. Our ancestors used to use ceremony to celebrate different moments in their lives or the change of the seasons or to celebrate the moon cycles. And we can do that too. And that invites the sacred into our ordinary lives every day. Wonderful, wonderful. I love this quote. Never heard it before, but it's so powerful. And you mentioned ceremony brings the sacred into ordinary life. And I think sometimes as human beings, we've in a way lost touch of that ceremony, right? And uh, that's why people are so fascinated by shamanic rituals and they want to do energy healing traditions and ceremony because it's mm-hmm. it reminds us of who we truly are. We want to at times bring that sacred into our ordinary day-to-day life. So thanks a lot for reminding us. Now, Tina, do spaces hold energy? If you can talk to us a bit about that. Yes. Everything is made up of energy. So mm-hmm. they, our earth has had a long history uh there's been some terrible things that have happened in certain locations there's been some wonderful things happening in locations and some of that energy can get stuck just like energy can get stuck in our bodies Mm -hmm. the energy can get stuck in the land got it got it so in what ways can a negative energy affect a property or a land or a home Well, if there was a negative event that happened in that location, it can affect the people that live there now on the land or in that house. And if you are empathic at all or a sensitive person or intuitive, Mm -hmm. you're going to pick up on that energy Mm -hmm. and that energy is going to affect you. Got it. Got it. Now, for someone who is listening or watching right now, think about uh, a moment And this, I think, happens to everyone, irrespective of how in tune we are to our psychic gifts, right? When we enter a room, sometimes we feel so elated, we feel so joyous, we feel so happy, and we want to spend as much time there as possible. It feels almost as if our aura has expanded. But some places, uh, and I'm sure everyone's experienced this before, you enter a room and you just don't feel like being there, and you somehow are able to sense that something's amiss, right? Yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. So thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, Tina, you've mentioned that some beings vibrate so high that they appear invisible to you. But for someone who can see quite well with a third eye, they can see, feel, and hear them too. So you mentioned that y- y- you are able to perceive or see these beings, right? Yes. So what do you say if you can give us a glimpse into that? Well, they look like people to us. They could be people who used to live on the planet or they could be higher vibration beings like angels or ascended Mm -hmm. masters. Um, And they appear to you in that way, especially angels. I think angels just show up with wings so that we can see them and say, I know what that is. I know that's an angel. So they look like people and I see... Mm -hmm. I see facial features. I see what they're wearing, the colors that they're wearing, and I can hear them speak. So they're just like us. They're just in a spiritual form, not a physical form. Right. I used to always wonder why angels have wings. You know, is it just because they want to differentiate between them and a regular human being? I think so. And their wings are quite impressive. So (laughs) really? Yeah, yeah. So huge, huge, much bigger than most artists paint them and draw them. Wow. So could you take us back in time? When was the first time you began seeing these beings or entities? What was that story like? I think I always felt them my entire life because that was the only um, what I call clear or psychic sense that I couldn't totally block. Okay. Um, so as a child, I knew I was I was not alone. I knew that I was being watched, and it made me uncomfortable. But I didn't start really seeing them until I started practicing Reiki and meditating mm-hmm. more and working with another medium who was right. a teacher on that. And then I really started to see, and I was excited that I could hear them too. 
Got it. So you mentioned that you had these tendencies even as a child, but then you started at a certain point, you started doing Reiki, meditating, working with a mentor. And then what happened? When was that? Do you remember your first, you know, tangible experience where you actually noticed or you were able to see some entity? Well, I was trying to meditate. And when you first start to meditate, it's hard to clear your mind on your own. So I was using a lot of these guided meditations to Mm -hmm. help me. So I, I used a guided meditation to meet my spirit guide. Okay. And that's when I saw my first angel. Got it. Got it. And so what was that experience like? What did you see at that point? Well, the way the guided meditation went is um, you, you're you looking at your spirit guide, it, the he or she's approaching you, you from mm-hmm. far away. So I'm seeing that and he's coming closer and the, the meditation says, ask your guide what their name is. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And he said, Archangel Gabriel. And wow. I literally was shocked. I yep. said, do you mean the one from the Bible? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. And I couldn't believe it. And the meditation right. kept going. And I was like, wait a minute. wait!" Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I'm not ready. Rewind. I'm not ready for the next part. I'm still like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So he was a major guide for me in the beginning. The angels were very important. Now they've kind of stepped back and I've had other guides come forward, but they were part of the whole beginning awakening, major awakening for me. Got it. Got it. That's wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing that. You mentioned at the beginning that, you know, spaces hold energy and sometimes the energy whatever, whether it's an emotion or thought might get stuck there, right? And that affects the people living there as well. So what's the difference between a place having that leftover energy, which could be emotions or thoughts, and then the presence of spirit beings? Well, unless you're a psychic medium, you're not going to know what the difference is. So when a, a client comes to me and they feel uncomfortable in the home mm-hmm. and they want me to figure out why, Mm-hmm. My first step is to clear the home. So I go in there and I walk through the entire property room right. by room. And I write, I bring a notepad and paper with me and I write down all my impressions and I oh. figure out who is there. Mm-hmm. Is it a person? Is it a leftover energy from people who used to live there? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it from the land? Sometimes it has nothing to do with the structure. It's the land that Um, it's sitting on. So people have come to me and said, well, my house is new. Why am I having this activity? I said, well, the land that you're sitting on has been lived on by people in the past. Okay. Yeah. Like an ancient burial site. That's what they say, right? Home is new. They just moved in, but it's on an ancient burial ground. And so there might be certain implications to that. And it doesn't have to be ancient. It, I mean, people in in the past just buried their people in the ground everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to be like dark about it, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, it's pretty true. common. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, you know, in the spiritual field, sometimes people have a tendency on jo- of of just focusing on the light. And I think you need to acknowledge mm-hmm. both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to really understand how the world and spirit operates. So it's important to acknowledge both sides. But when a home or a place is haunted, let's say, for example, why do those spirits still linger? Have you ever found out? I find that some of them might have lived there or still attached to the land somehow. Mm -hmm. They might be attached to the actual person that lives in the home. It could be a family member that hasn't crossed over or they're just attached to the people there they have a message that they need to deliver and they'll hang around until they can find someone to deliver the message but once you deliver the message they move on Mm -hmm. but until then they'll bug you till they get their (laughs) message through so they've got a message that they want to send to someone Mm -hmm. or some groups of people but are they aware 
that they have they're they're not in the physical form anymore are they aware that they are dead technically sometimes they are oftentimes they're confused right. sometimes they're afraid to cross over because they think they'll be punished for the things that they said or did in their lifetime mm-hmm. or sometimes there's other spirits there that hold them back mm. from crossing over i've encountered those so sometimes Oftentimes, I think the best word to describe them is they're confused and they need guidance. They're confused and they need guidance. Action Tribe mm-hmm. listeners, if you're watching, listening right now, I know your ears are all perked up and you're super <laughs> interested in what we're talking about. If you're watching this live, make sure you're sharing the stream add your comments, add a heart, whatever that might be. Let us know that you're watching because I am all interested uh, in the topic that we are talking about right now. Now, Tina, you also talk about something called an energetic ley line. So what exactly is that? Uh, so a ley line? line is a magnetic, a magnetic energetic line on the earth's surface. Mm-hmm. And it, they're all over the world but our ancestors knew about these lines and they built mm. their ancient sites and churches on these lines okay. so they're not hard to find because okay. even if there were pagan sites the church mm. built upon the pagan sites because they were energetically high mm-hmm. strong um, and we know about some of these ley lines, and there's more paranormal activity on these ley lines. Okay. So if you happen to have a house yeah. on one of these places, and I have a client that does, and right. I just did a clearing in her house, and she contacted me recently and had more activity. And I told her, it's, it, this is going to be a process because of where your house sits and the land that it sits on. So how do you, as a person who's trying to help them and support them, how do you go about uncovering whether this is a ley line or not? Is it just intuitive or is it something else? It's it's intuitive. I mean, you feel it. You mm. feel the energy. And then the fact you connect with the – I like to connect with the guardians of the land. Okay. So it's whomever has – is just kind of watching out for that location and you want to work with them when you're doing any clearings or blessings, you need to get their cooperation and they usually come forward with information for useful information on what's going on in that location. So I don't have to figure it out myself. Right. I just need to come in and say, are there guardians here? There's okay. some challenges here. Please tell me why. So these guardians that you speak of, who are they? Um, you, you mentioned they're guarding the place, so to speak, right? But, but you know, in terms of their overall role, what role do they play? Are they specifically supposed to be there and protect the land? I think so. I mean, I've, I've encountered many Native American, indigenous people mm-hmm. that right. are still looking over certain locations. Okay. Um, sometimes it's the elementals. They're part of it. Um Sometimes it's the people that used to live there, there, or, you know, that had a wonderful life there. For example, mm-hmm. um, there was one location near the ocean, and what, there was a sea captain that oh. came forward. Yeah, and he said that he he used to live there, and he just loved it, and he looked over the land and what happened there. I said, wonderful. okay, yeah. Wonderful. All right, so we're going to take a quick moment to talk about our kind sponsors. Action Tribe, literally everyone I'm speaking to these days is telling me that meditation is not enough. We need superfoods, herbs, and organic foods to heal our body and brain. And that's where Four Sigmatic comes in because I love their mushroom coffee with lion's mane, which is a beautiful mushroom that promotes brain health and helps you focus during meditation. Now, Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, and longevity. And I'm telling everyone about Four Sigmatic, my girlfriend, my friends, my clients, people that I meet at Starbucks because this coffee is amazing. They've also added wild rhodiola root, which is an adaptogen that helps reduce stress. It contains dual extracted chaga mushrooms that support your daily immune functions and all of this in your morning cup of coffee. Isn't that amazing? So you must try it out just once. 
and let me know how it goes. They've got a special offer for all of Action Tribe. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. If you'd like to try out their coffee and receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Four Sigmatic, awaken your mind, support your well-being. Now, just to give our audience and our listeners a better glimpse uh, of what's happening over here, these entities or beings, what dimension are they on? Because this is the third dimension, right? Right. Where we are. So what dimension are they at at this point? I think it depends on who you ask, but I would okay. say the astral dimension. Okay. They're somewhere between Earth and the other, what I call the other side where beings cross over. Right, right. So, so they're, they're somewhere in the astral dimension and sort of right. stuck in between, maybe confused like you mentioned. Right. Got it, got it. Now, I'm sure that people listening right now or maybe watching right now are curious, what is your process like? How do you go about clearing a land or a space? You know, what, broadly speaking, what steps do you take? Okay. Um, If someone wants me to come and clear, I usually like them to send me pictures first. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause I like to look at the location, especially if I'm doing it from a distance and I can't physically go there. Mm-hmm. I need to see the pictures of the home. And so I can visually and energetically enter the home and check yep. it room by room. Mm-hmm. Or I have them send me pictures of the active rooms mm-hmm. and that really helps me connect with it psychically. Um, when I go there physically, like I said, I take a notepad and pen mm-hmm. and I walk the location. I walk in each room and get write down my impressions. And then when mm-hmm. I'm done, I go to the homeowner and I say, this is what I found. And sort of like an assessment. This is the initial step. You're noting it's, it's, it's like an assessor, right? Who goes into the home, they right. down notes, but you're doing it in the spiritual dimension, which, exactly. is, which is fascinating, <laughs> right? You're like a spiritual consultant, so to speak. <laughs> I go, am. Go, and go, when go. I, and I, the details, I lose it quickly. So right. I, that's why I write it down. Cause I get a lot of information sometimes. So I write it down so I can give that to the homeowner, share that with the homeowner. And then I will, if there's spirits there that need to cross over, mm-hmm. I help them cross over. If they have messages, I receive their message and I pass that on to the homeowner. Um, and then what I do is I smudge the interior of the home to clear mm-hmm. the energy of it. Mm-hmm. And then outside, I create a border usually with cornmeal or is to, to kind of, what's the word? Sanctify? Not solidify or create like a spiritual energetic wall around the property. Mm-hmm. And so what I'll say is I'll walk the entire outside of the property and I'll clear it. I said, I'm creating a space here with that's only allowing loving benevolent energy into it and all other energies are not welcome Mm. so i say that over and over again as an affirmation and then i place four crystals usually quartz on one on each corner of the property and i ask that those crystals i usually pick them out special before i even begin Mm -hmm. they're like volunteers that say yes we want to do this Right. And then, you know, because crystals have consciousness too. They do. Um, so I pick the ones that want to come and help. I place them in the four corners of the property and I ask them to help keep the property clear mm. of only and leave only those loving, energetic energies in and around the property. And it God. works because I've done it at my house. And my property, and it was a huge difference afterwards. <laughs> got it, got it. So, Action Tribe, if you are watching, listening, 
or whatever you're doing right now or tuning in right now, I hope you're taking notes because we're sharing a lot of information right now and we're learning and confirming the fact that crystals have a sense and they're able to communicate with you. And that's for sure. Uh, and my crystal is saying the same thing right now is that they're not just crystals. They're something more. And in my case, as you have that crystal in your pocket all day long, you sort of develop a relationship with that crystal, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I know only the crystal owners will be able to relate to this, but it's true. Now, what is the difference between clearing a space and blessing it? Well, once you clear it, you're, right. you smudge it and send the spirit, you know, any entities on its way to its true home on the other okay. side and crossed over. You've cleared it. Mm -hmm. And then the blessing is the sealing of the property's edge that I talked about where I used the cornmeal and the affirmations and the crystals. So clear it first, then bless it. Got it, got it. So I'm curious now, and I'm sure many of our listeners are too, in terms of what are some of the tools that you use for this process? You've spoken about smudging. You spoke about rose crystals. Is there anything else that comes to mind? And if you're using smudging, like what particular type of herb or incense sticks do you use? Do you know I use all kinds? I use sage. Okay. Uh, which is a Native American traditional um, smudging mm -hmm. incense. I use copal, which is a Mexican mm -hmm. traditional incense. I use Palo Santo, and I mm -hmm. have used just a regular incense. And I've I had a friend who said I need to smudge my place, but I live somewhere where I can't get sage. Right. And I said. Get some incense, any incense, and what matters is your intention that you're going to clear the energy with that incense. Got it, got it. So there you go, Action Tribe. Your intention that you have is so powerful no matter what you're doing, and especially if you're trying to uh, sanctify your home with incense. It's so important. Now, in India, Tina, a lot of times people use well, – fire is something that everyone respects, and they know that it's very pure, uh, but they use – camphor as well in the fire and they just take it around the four corners of the home especially if you're you know going to move into the home and definitely there's a there's an experience of uh, more safety more mm -hmm. you know spiritual spiritual cleanliness so to speak uh, but yeah it's so true thanks a lot for sharing now you're doing a lot of work right you're supporting these people you're helping these people you're changing their lives. Are there any risks to you as a person who is facilitating this process of clearing? Are there any chances that these spirits might try to attack you or influence you? I would say it's very small at this point because okay. I've done a lot of work on my energetic field mm -hmm. and, and shielding my field. And it's kind of my job to be in charge of protection and guardianship mm -hmm. um, and when I first started doing this kind of work I was kind of obsessed with protection I was ca always wow. calling in protection and then I kept saying I kept getting feedback that I was protected and as I do this work I realized that I am that mm -hmm. you know spirit is behind you when you do this kind of work and spirit will show you signs this is the fun part Mm -hmm. If you're doing ceremonies like this, mm -hmm. you know, and this is a ceremony, you will get thumbs up from spirit. Mm -hmm. You, will right. I have seen birds really start singing and getting close to me, even right. before I begin. I've had butterflies fly past me, dragonflies. I've gotten rainbows at the end. And I'm not I'm not making this stuff up like it's really fun and it's like spirit is saying yes thank you for doing this you're doing the right thing keep going Got it no I totally agree I mean what I believe is that when we're living here spirit spirit is trying to experience itself through us through our actions through our intentions through our emotions and especially if we take those nudges and we move ahead with it and we take action and we're doing it from a source and a place of service then like you mentioned then spirit will 
come halfway and it will try to support you and push you towards your wildest dreams and attracting it because it knows that it gives you more abundance, you're going to find opportunities to serve. So that is fascinating. Um, so we've spoken about ley lines. We've spoken about how, you know, spaces hold energy. What are your thoughts on chakra points across the earth, chakra vortices across different sacred sites around the earth? I think there's definitely chakras of the earth. I mm -hmm. think according to the author, they vary. Mm -hmm. um, there are some sites in the world that are chakras, mm -hmm. but I think also they've changed over time. Right. They're moving around. But mm -hmm. I want to talk about ancient sites because sure. these are places where our ancestors had done a lot of work to build monuments of mm. stone for us. I really believe they did it for us, not only for themselves, but for their descendants to mm -hmm. come back and understand what, why they did it and what, what right. these places mean. Think about all the rituals and ceremonies they did in these places over thousands and thousands of years. Right. Think about Stonehenge yeah. and all the people that came there and all the, whatever they did, you know, and that energy builds again upon itself over and over again. And what happens in 2019 when we go there and do a ceremony? We're building upon that energy mm -hmm. of the ancestors. Yes. And there's something about doing ceremony that connects us to the earth. Yeah. It's like, it's like food for the earth and it's food for us. Mm, that's wonderful that you mentioned that. And what I'm fascinated by are these sites as well, especially Gobekli Tepe. Have you heard of that? Yes. The I most, haven't been there. Right, right, right. But the most ancient site. And what I'm fascinated about was it was just a sacred site, right? It was something like a temple maybe, but people didn't live there. But what I'm fascinated by is the fact that there were a lot of, there's a lot of astronomical symbolism in that place. And it seems like, like you mentioned, they're, they're trying to remind us about something or what mm -hmm. I've heard is, and I'm not sure if you read about Graham Hancock, but mm -hmm. our ancestors are trying to warn us about a cataclysm that happened 12,800 years, 12,800 years back. And mm -hmm. they might be warning us about something that we need to keep in mind and watch for in the skies, lest it happens again, or at least prepare ourselves. What are your thoughts on that? Definitely. And they knew that if they built these places of stone, that right. they would it would be here for a long time. Yeah. They wanted us to know that they had advanced technology, mm -hmm. that they could move these large megalithic stones together exactly. perfectly yeah. like the Giza pyramid. They mm. want us to come and look at it and wonder, how did they do it? How did they do it and why? And Boy. I believe there's information and energy and codes in these ancient sites yeah. waiting for people to connect with it, absorb it, whatever. I, I feel like they left these little breadcrumbs yeah. for us to pick up at these right. ancient sites. And we have to figure out what they're really about. They're not just these amazing stone structures no it's more than that we have to dig deeper right and just like albert einstein said right he said something along the lines of world war three will be fought by the latest you know ammunition and bombs and things like that and world war four will be fought with bows and arrows so what we're learning is there definitely was an ancient advanced civilization they made these amazing monuments and temples and pillars made out of stone. Most, In most cases, they are buried deep down underneath, but there's definitely some symbolism, something that they want to warn us about or let us know. And these are the clues that we need to keep in mind and look at things, not just literally, but energetically and spiritually and, uh, and discover before it's too late, <laughs> so to speak. So, so thanks a lot for sharing. What is one site that you're really fascinated by? Uh, across the world. Wow. You know, I recently discovered that we have megalithic monuments in America, 
in the U.S. And this is in Montana. And I went out to visit visit these sites in September of last year, and they blew me away. There are dolmens out there that are huge, Mm. huge. And it's like nobody saw it or nobody paid attention to it. And I feel like the planet's waking up now and people are going, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This is not natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, are your thoughts, what are your thoughts on, you know, these amazing discoveries being made, right? And what are your thoughts on, you know, mainstream science that for whatever reason says, no, that's just, you know, that's just pseudoscience. There's nothing there. Although there are so many of these scientists and people who are doing their own independent research like Graham Hancock. And there's so much proof. There's so much of information there. What are your thoughts on that? Why is there an automatic, you know, cynicism and pessimism about this? Well, you know what? Honestly, I think in this country, they're trying to, they're trying to keep this information quiet. And they have been for hundreds of years, if not more. And I think we have to do our own research. That's true. we have to look beyond the physicality of this place. How does this place feel to you? Mm. Connect energetically to these places. Right. Use your extra senses, your your psychic senses, whatever that is. How does it feel? Mm-hmm. You know, and some of these places, they turn dark. I mean, I spent right. 10 days in Mexico and I was at Chichen Itza okay. and I could not not clear that place it was just it needed i just couldn't walk away from not doing anything because Mm. you know they were sacrificing people there that energy was holding that sacred place back and i find one of my missions is i've got to clear it because we need these places on earth and we need to get them functioning at a high vibration again that's the goal Got it, got it. So thanks a lot for sharing. I too want to visit these sites in Mexico, in South America, in India. I've not been to many sites in India. Uh, you know, Ayers Rock, Australia, mm-hmm. Mount Shasta, all these fast Sedona. So it's definitely on my bucket list. And sometime in the future, maybe we'll have like a retreat for Action Tribe members to be able to visit these places. But tell us, how did you get started on this journey? to becoming um, a shaman. Do you refer to yourself as a shaman as well? Yes, I do. do. And I know the tradition is no one can call you. You can't call yourself a shaman. Somebody else has to. Well, other people have called me a Mm -hmm. shaman. I practice shamanism. So what Mm -hmm. I'm doing at these sites is shamanism. Mm -hmm. When you travel to the spirit world or you're helping spirit, that's shamanism. So how did you get started? Was it the same thing that you reached out to certain mentors? You started, you know, meditating more and things like that? Yeah, my Reiki master teacher was also a shaman. So she trained me in that as well. And then I I started practicing. One of my major guides with shamanism is the goddess Isis. And Isis always shows up in my shamanic journey. Somehow she's connected to shamanism because she's always hanging out or showing up with a message and she she told me one time you need to go big or go home Mm. so i thought well i'm not going home so how do i go big and i ended up uh when this is up when i lived in virginia but a friend of mine who's also a reiki master and a shaman she said well why don't we go clear a battlefield right right so Uh, we just powerful yeah. Went and tried. I mean, we went to probably the, the bloodiest, one of the bloodiest battles in the Civil War. And mm-hmm. it's in our backyard. And we decided to clear it and bless it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you're listening, you're watching, you're taking notes, you're listening, you know, you're taking, uh, mm-hmm. listening to nudges that you're getting from, um, you know, th- this episode, because all the time I receive messages and people say, AJ, you and your guests have spoken about this just at the right time when I needed the most, so which is fascinating. But we're learning today that Isis, the Egyptian goddess, shaman, wants us to go big or go home. And I found that too, because recently, 
you know, I was doing this podcast, right? And I usually was doing an audio podcast and I was feeling it's great. It's amazing. I love it. I enjoy it and I'm able to serve. But something deep down was like, AJ, you're not pushing beyond your comfort zone. You're not going big. You're, you're just staying where you are. And I was like, what can I do more, right? How can I take it to the next level? And I received it. And I was like, you got to do a video podcast. You got to do it live. You know, you got to serve at a higher level. So I went big that way. And also the other thing is we're also planning to revamp our podcast and add a more number of episodes. Now, truly, sometimes I'm like, how can I do this myself? Is it even possible? Am I capable of doing this? But like you mentioned, spirit wants you to go big or go home. And there's no option for going on because you've burned the, you've burned the boats. You're in the middle of the ocean. Now you got to go big. So thanks a lot for sharing that amazing, profound information. Uh, for someone watching or listening right now, what is that one thing that they can do to change or improve the energy of their homes? What is that action step that you'd like to recommend? I really want everybody out there to really believe in their own power. Mm -hmm. and the power of their intention. And if you want to improve the energy within your own home, all you have to do is have that intention mm -hmm. and burn that incense or shake that rattle or ring that bell, however you want to clear that energy. And you state what happens in your own home and what energies you welcome there and do not welcome there. And anybody can do this. You don't have to be special. As a human, you're entitled to do this kind of work here on Earth. So there you go, Action Tribe. To read the entire show notes for today's episode, including the inspirational quote, book recommendations, and so many pieces of wisdom that were shared on today's episode, go to my7chakras.com forward slash 280. My7chakras.com forward slash 280 which is the episode number for today. Action Tribe, I hope you're enjoying today's episode where we're diving into so many different topics that we haven't covered in the past. But this is something that every Action Tribe listener should know about, that the spaces that we are in and the land that we live in, it holds energy. We're part of this beautiful fabric that transcends space and time that connects all of us no matter where we are on the earth. And that's what I'm finding day in and day out. In fact, some say that we are part of a living and breathing organism called Gaia and that we must do our part to care for it, to bless it, to protect it whenever it is required. And don't worry if you don't feel like you're an expert because like we're learning today as a human being, you have the right and the duty to do the thing that is needed for the good of all beings. Now we are the guardians of earth and that's why we have a role to play in the evolution of humanity. And it's time to realize how deeply connected we are to this earth and to all sentient creatures that live with us. And to do that, we must become more mindful and take a step back from our digital lifestyles and step into the playground of nature, which could be a forest or a park or a beach, maybe a mountain if you have one nearby. Here in Vancouver, we're very lucky because we've got an abundance of nature in places like Lynn Valley Canyon and Squamish, which are so close to the city. And I plan to visit them and connect with nature once again, especially in the summer. Because just like Chief Seattle, who was a Susquamish chief, he once said, we know the sap which courses through the trees as we know the blood that courses through our winds. We are part of the earth and it is part of us. The perfumed flowers are our sisters, the bear, the deer, the great eagle. These are our brothers. The rocky crests, the dew in the meadow, the body heat of the pony and man all belong to the same family. So think about that for a minute and realize how connected you are to the grand fabric of the universe that we call Gaia. And with that, we are now at the very last but very important round for today, the wisdom round. Now, before we move on, Action Tribe, if you are used to listening to our podcast, 
then I want to let you know that we also do a live video podcast as well on our Facebook page. This way, you not only hear the conversations, but you also hear, see me and the guests that I interview, including our face, our gestures, our expressions, our emotions. And it's a whole lot of fun. We do a new live stream every Saturday. So make sure you hit that like button on our page, My 7 Chakras, and you'll automatically be updated whenever we schedule a new live stream. Again, go to Facebook, search for My 7 Chakras chakras and like our page to get all the updates and with that let's move on to the wisdom round satina are you ready yes i'm ready great so what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received in your life you can create your own life got it if you could turn back time and spend one hour with somebody who is currently living or dead, who would it be? That's a hard question to answer because I feel like I have access to anyone who has passed or mm-hmm. not necessarily alive now, but definitely in spirit form. But in physical form, if you had to meet somebody in physical form, who would that be? I would say uh, I would love to meet Sandra Ingerman, who was the woman that I quoted earlier. Uh, I'm reading a book by her right now on ceremony, and it really resonates with me. And actually, I would like to meet her. I think she has a lot of wisdom to share and experience. So what is that one thing that you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you go to sleep that really improves or has improved the quality of your life? I'm going to share something with all of you sensitive and empathic people out there. And Mm -hmm. I say this all the time. I can't say it enough. You have to shield your energy field. You are like a sponge. And if you are not Mm -hmm. making a a concerted effort to understand what your feelings are and what somebody else's is, you're going to be confused and absorb that information. So every night, please, I, what I did is I shielded my energy field because, as I said, AJ, I was obsessed with protection. <laughs> I still am. So I shielded myself every night, and you can do it several ways. You can imagine a ball of light around your body. You can put a robe of protection over your shoulders and pull the hood over the front of your face. Mm -hmm. You can imagine mirrors reflecting out from your body. So anything that's coming towards you that's not for your highest good gets automatically reflected out. However you want to do it, Mm -hmm. do it every night. And this is what my teachers advised me to do. But they didn't tell me that after a couple of months of doing this every night, Things stopped bothering me so much. Mm. The energy of others stopped getting to me, to my energy field. It was almost like it was coming toward me and then it would just slide right off. So if you're diligent and you practice and work on this, you strengthen your energy field and you won't feel like such a vulnerable sponge anymore. Got it. I mean, if you think about elite athletes, right? What do they say? If you are serious about the game, you got to have your equipment. You got to protect yourself, right? Especially if you're a scuba diver, you're going underwater. You need your protection in the same way. If you plan to work with the energies around you, or maybe if you're a shaman or if you're training to be an energy healer, then you need to protect yourself energetically. And you got to keep doing that because... You know, there's definitely some practice involved and you get better and better at it. Now, Tina, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would that be? I read so many books. Um, I wonder what I recommended before two years ago. I would I say, check that. <laughs> do you know what just came up for me? Somebody, mm-hmm. one of my intuitive friends said, you need to read the Celestine prophecy again. Mm-hmm. She said every time she reads it, she gets something new out of it. So I would say Celestine, Celestine prophecy, that's something I need to reread. And that book is all about energy and the energy of plants and people and how we interact with each other. 
Got it. So Action Tribe, would you like to receive this book for free? That's right. Audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their service. And I believe they have this book as well because it's so popular, the Celestine mm-hmm. I'm blanking on the word now. Celestine prophecy, prophecy right? Yes. Yeah. Celestine prophecy. Because listening is the new reading. And I definitely love listening to my audible books every single day, which are in my phone. So it's super convenient uh, because you can store many audiobooks. And whenever you want to listen in, you just press a button and either the author or someone who speaks very well will read out the book for you. How amazing is that? So to try this out, especially if you're used to reading a book, a physical book, and if you want to try out how it feels like to listen to a book, go to my seven chakras.com forward slash free book. That's my seven chakras.com forward slash free book. There's no compulsion to continue, but at least you get to try out this uh, book, right? And in this case, you can get the Celestine prophecy book for free. So try it out. So Tina, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great connecting with you once again and chatting with you and talking about all these fascinating topics. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you online. I only get to pick one thing, AJ. (laughs) You know what? I'm grateful to you, AJ, because you've been doing this for years now and you've been finding people like me and like you, the light tribe, the action tribe, the people who are taking action all over the world every day in a small way or trying to do it in a big way, whatever it is. And I appreciate you and I appreciate everyone out there that's searching for answers, that's learning, that's open to something different and new. Kudos Mm -hmm. to all of you. Well, thanks a lot, Tina. I wish I could take the credit, but the thing is (laughs) that I do whatever I do for the people who listen to the show, which is Action Tribe, people from everyday life, teachers, yogis, retirees, students, everyone from all over the world who have uh, said yes to our show and want to listen to more. So them as well as my spirit team, (laughs) which is always supporting me, nudging me and pushing me to greatness and also putting challenges in my way, which I'm not sometimes not so appreciative of, but I know that Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's there to help me evolve. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at www.mysevenchakras.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.